The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Hello there. We are so glad that you are with us today for Grace in Focus from the Grace Evangelical Society. And this week we are presenting a short series on Old Testament wisdom literature. David Renfro is joining Bob Wilkin and Ken Yates in the studio. Now, wisdom is skill for living, and so far we've learned that it is moral skill. But today we want to look and see that wisdom is also a mental skill. And what exactly does it mean to fear the Lord? Now, I want to invite you to also join us on our website. That's faithalone.org. There you'll find many important things about our ministry. You'll find different resources, books, videos, and podcasts, which I think you'll find interesting. That's faithalone.org. Now let's get on with our discussion for today, and here are the discussion leaders. Welcome back to Grace and Focus, and we're going to try to get through Proverbs 1, 5, 8. <laughs> the, the first, first word. Half of no, the first word. <laughs> okay, and what's the first word in verse 5? A. A. We can talk about the indefinite article. That's right. What is the Hebrew word for A? a. Um, <laughs> there is none, and if you'll turn to Genesis. <laughs> well, now we're talking to a, a ghost word. <laughs> all right. David, let's try to get all the way to verse 7. I know that's a Big, tall order, but we'll shoot for it. You are an idealist, aren't you? (laughs) And an optimist, too. Okay. Okay. We are in this section that is describing what we meant earlier by moral skill. The verses 3 and 4 deal with, verse 3 is the, the student standpoint, to receive instruction from those who are wise. And verse 4 is the teacher standpoint. The one who is wise has an obligation to pass on that wisdom. Now, verse 5 is kind of a summary of the whole thing. Notice what he says. A wise man will hear and increase learning. Uh A man of understanding will attain wise counsel. Once again, there's that synonymous parallelism, isn't it? Yeah. A wise man will hear and increase learning. Kind of reminds me of the Lord saying, to him who has even more will be given. The person who's wise is going to get more wisdom. Right. But the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. So the the fool can get more foolish. And like, for example, Mark 4, when he's given the parables, he keeps saying, listen, hear. You know, he who has ears to hear. Yes. Yeah. Notice he says a man of understanding and that word between the ability to distinguish between good and evil, sham and reality, that kind of thing. But this other word, this wise counsel, interesting. The only other place it's used as a noun is in Job 37, and it describes the Lord as steering the clouds. Ah. In other words, guiding or steering, causing the clouds to go in a, a certain direction. And I think that's kind of an interesting picture of what wise counsel is. You, as the wise, are trying to steer the naive into the right direction. And I thought that's a very picturesque word that Solomon uses here to describe what we all are supposed to do. We're all supposed to go the right direction. All of us are. And this would certainly be something every parent should desire for their children, that they're going to steer them in the right direction. Right. You know, the whole point is to steer somebody to go the right way. So when you're faced with these things in the future that we've talked about, where should I go? What should I do here? Part of it will be, and and Proverbs does pretty much say this later on, if you're faced with a certain situation and you know somebody that's been through it, guess what you do? You call them and say, talk to me. 
And you sit there, like I said before, sit there, shut up, and listen. (laughs) Because that's the only way you're going to learn the wise way to deal with that particular situation. And that's what verse 5 is really all about. It's a summary of the moral skill that the book of Proverbs promises. The more you study it, the wiser you will be, and the, the more you can pass on to other people. I think it's an incredible thing that's being promised here. What Solomon is doing, he's saying this is moral and mental skill, yeah. and I'm describing what moral skill is. And that's verses 3 through 5. Verse 6 is the mental skill. Look what he says here. I think it's interesting. To understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles. Now, there's no words that need to be studied on there. Right? <laughs> oh, no. Once again, that understand is that same idea between, to distinguish between sham and reality, to understand. It's the idea, the result of that ability to, under quote, understand, is the ability to form judgments and compare concepts and discern the right way to go. And that's what the book of Proverbs promises once again, to train your mind. It's one thing to train your morality, like verses 3 through 5 say. Now we're training your mind to understand a proverb or an enigma. What in the world is an enigma? The idea there is to, some people would say, this is most of my sermons, speak (laughs) indirectly. (laughs) That's what an enigma is? (laughs) Yes. Or speak in an obscure manner. People are going, you know, they kind of have that, uh, what planet are you from look. And um, I'm so glad the theologians never do that. No, oh, never. No. no, I've never known them. No, that. never. But what it is, it's the idea of speaking in terms that are not plainly understood, that you have to think about it. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, the parallel to that, of course, is the the word riddle. Notice the words of the wise and their riddles. Yeah, what's riddles? Well, it's it can be what we would consider to be a difficult question. If I ask you a really tough question, like a tough theological question, And you kind of lean back and go, wow, let me think about that. And you would have to think and maybe do some research and all that, because we've all experienced people coming up with difficult questions that want answers. And that's what this is. We all need this intellectual mind training to be able to handle that. Another way you could translate the Hebrew word is parable. Well, that's what I was just about. to. It seems to me here in verse six that what he's saying is when a wise person speaks and you're naive or you're young and you're not instructed in this, immediately might not understand what's being said. It's a riddle. It's a figure. And I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking, obviously, of the parables of the Lord. So many times, even the disciples would hear these things and then say, Lord, explain that. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? That's That's what I'm seeing here in verse 6. That's exactly. See, to me, one of the questions I've had over the years is, why did the Lord teach in parables so often? I think this answers it, to train the disciples' minds, to get them to start thinking in the way that the Lord wanted them to think. But also, the wise were getting the parables, or at least the gist of it. Sure. But the fools weren't. So the parables also kept truth from a lot of the people in Israel, right? And, you know, I remember reading some time ago that even the fool, who at that time was a fool, would hear that story and might maybe say, well, that's stupid. There's nothing for me there. But later, 
if the spirit was dealing with them, they would remember that parable. Mm-hmm. And so it was a an act of grace all the way around for everyone who heard. Because you might remember a parable. Well, you would remember a parable. Sure. And, but that's what I think of when I read verse 6 here. I think that's what Jesus was trying to do with his disciples is they went through all the moral training but they, not only did he do that, but he also fulfilled, I think, verse 6 of Proverbs 1, and that's to train them mentally. Get them to thinking about what he said. Work through all the problems. Well, he said this. What in the world does that mean? And you could do that. To me, this answers the question, why did Jesus teach his disciples in parables and other people too? And that was to train their minds. Hmm. That's what I'm thinking anyway. Y- y'all are way bigger scholars than me. Well, that's um, true. Yeah, um, yeah, we can't argue that. <laughs> I mean, but David is the Old Testament scholar. In yeah. fact, you know, he wants me to keep my hands off the Old Testament because he likes to teach the Old Testament. Yeah, We're me. both New Testament guys, but we do dabble a little bit there in and the Old I Testament. have to say, when he was at DTS and he says, I was there in 1970, what was it, four? four? Like, okay, he's old. He, he's... <laughs> yep, 74 to but, he went right from elementary school That's to Dallas was. Seminary. Yeah. Well, I did have a stint in the Harvard of the Pines, Stephen <laughs> F. Austin. Yeah, there you so. go. Stephen F. Austin is called the Harvard of the Pines? Absolutely. Are there a bunch of SFA people that are uh, out there? Oh, sure. A lot of them went to seminary. We had a great Bible church, and the guy inspired us to go to seminary. One, wow. I have a lot of friends from seminary. Now back to verse seven. Verse seven is if you want to, if there is a motto for the book of Proverbs, it's verse seven. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now that's an implied antithetical parallelism, right? right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, first of all, we got to talk about the word fear. Does that mean I have to stay? In a dreadful panic. Shaking. Yeah, before the Lord. Paranoid. Is that what this means? No. Oh, okay. What, what does, it, does mean? it mean? It means reverential awe. That like that that. Uh, that we if we go into his presence, we're overwhelmed by his Like Isaiah awe. six. Ex- right. You know, he's sure. caught up and he sees the exalted Lord, probably the Lord Jesus, but in any case, woe is me. Right. Well, I'm, I'm right. of unclean lip. Yeah. Uh, it's. I think what I love about this too is uh, one one commentator said it's um, the fear is reverence for God expressed in submission to His will. I like that. Coming back to His sovereignty. Yeah. And exactly. could we also add on that in the Book of Proverbs and throughout the Bible, He's told me the consequences of living foolishly, and so I have a fear of those consequences as well. It uh, would seem that's part of it, wouldn't you think, David? I would think so too. Yeah, and notice he says the beginning of knowledge. That, that to me, that's the controlling principle, the prerequisite, you know, to knowledge is he's the standard. God exists, he's there, and he is the standard of all knowledge. And if you don't do that, like the fools in the second part of the verse, they despise it. Means they just, you know, they hold it in contempt. Actually, it's a very strong word. But I think it's interesting that the fools, the absence of fear of the Lord produces contempt for wisdom. That's very good. And, you know, the Lord Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. He is the embodiment of truth. And all he said was true. And all he did was true. 
And that's one of the attributes of God, right? Exactly. God is true, and we should praise God when we think, Hallowed be thy name, because God and his word are 100% true, so we can keep grace in focus. Thank you, gentlemen, for that interesting discussion. Would you like to deepen your understanding of Scripture and the Christian life? Well, a great place to start is our website. It's faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. We've got all kinds of free materials on the site available for you. One of those which is extremely popular is our magazine, Grace in Focus. It comes out six times a year. It's full color, easy to read, and people are really growing who read it. So stop by and get a free subscription at faithalone.org. We would like to thank all of our financial partners who help us keep this show going. All gifts are tax-deductible and very much appreciated. If you'd like to find out how you can be a financial partner, visit us at faithalone.org. We are so happy when we hear from listeners. Maybe you've got a question or comment or feedback. If so, please send us a message. Here's our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next Grace in Focus, we wrap up this series on wisdom literature in the Old Testament, and we sure hope that you can join us. This is the Grace Evangelical Society reminding you to always keep grace in focus. The preceding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.